This is our first session on 1 Thessalonians 4, 9-12. Now, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are God-taught to love one another. This love here and this love here go together. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers. And here the focus, notice, on brothers still throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, do this more and more. And there's a break because the focus here shifts. And so he's urging them. First, that they do this more and more. And now, I urge you to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, to work with your hands, as we instructed you, and the aim, so that you may walk properly, live in a way that gives no offense before outsiders. So here the focus shifts to outsiders. So this section here instructs them in these practical ways, quietness, minding their affairs, working with their hands as they instructed them, so that they would walk properly toward outsiders, whereas this is all about brotherly love as you are doing to all the brothers. So let's focus here in this session and then turn here. Father, as we try to understand in what sense there was no need for anyone to write, and yet he wrote, as we try to understand what's going on in Paul's mind and how he thinks about your work, your being the teacher, of the church to love and how it relates to his writings. Give us your wisdom. But we need wisdom here, lest we make foolish mistakes, somehow ruling out this radical, divine, direct teaching of God, or ruling out the fact that 1 Thessalonians was, in fact, a God-inspired, God-appointed letter. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, concerning brotherly love, so he, he brings up, he says, I want to write about this, concerning this, and he didn't have to bring it up. In a sense, they're doing fine. God taught, they are God taught to love one another, but he brought it up, and he brought it up to do two things. One, to say that he doesn't need to bring it up, <laughs> in other words, to praise them and to give honor to God, and to say, we urge you, brothers, more and more, more and more. So when he says, you don't have need to anyone, for anyone to write to you, that doesn't rule out his writing to say, you're doing great, more, more. So in what sense, then, don't they need for anyone to write to them, and yet, he writes to them. 
That's the big question. Let's go back in the previous paragraph. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, and it's going to include brotherly love, loving each other, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. That's almost identical, right, to that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. So this brotherly love has extended well beyond Thessalonica to other towns. Some kind of practical brotherly helpfulness. We urge you, brothers, more and more. So this more and more here, and this just as you are doing, corresponds to this more and more in verse 1, and just as you are doing. So this is his general approach towards the Thessalonians. They are doing so well, and his letter is not meant to be perceived as rectifying defects, right? When he says, you have no need to anyone to write you, for you yourselves are God taught to love each other, he's saying, if I didn't write this letter, God would go on blessing you and you would continue to be a loving church and God taught. Now, having said that, and having encouraged them in that way, and having honored God's direct involvement in teaching them, nevertheless, we have to realize he did teach them, because even here in this preceding paragraph, you remember he was talking about their sexuality, and he was saying in verse 6 that no one transgress or wrong his brother in this matter. So he wanted to remind them, don't let your sexuality get out of control and lose its tethering to holiness and honor so that you transgress a brother by intruding upon his marriage relationship. So they are being God-taught to love brothers, and that doesn't rule out that this exhortation to do so more and more would include sp some specifics that would be useful to them. So I don't take you have no need for anyone to write to you to mean if I write to you, it's useless. To, to not have a need for it means that God's at work in your life. Remember back in 2.13, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it is really the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So this, he says, that's really true. When we preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, it went to work in you and is producing love for the brothers. And he wants to really honor that. God is at work by the word. This does mean, however, that when you read the word God taught here, you shouldn't say, oh, well, we don't need any word of God. We don't need any gospel. We don't need any teaching. We just have God. 
And that's not at all what he means, because here he's saying, no, we preach the word of God to you, and that word is at work in you, believers. That's how God is at work in the believers. And so this God taught here doesn't mean God taught apart from the word. It means God taught through the word that we preached to you when we first came to you. And it is so wonderfully still at work because the word is abiding in you and the spirit is abiding in you that we don't need to write out of any desperate sense of your defect. But we are going to write to you. and We're going to write to you because it is God's plan that in our encouraging and writing to you, he will use this letter to continue to teach you. Even though the letter isn't absolutely needed, the letter is useful for you to more and more make progress. Consider chapter 3, verses 11 to 13. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love. Now there is his prayer and statement that God is the one who's causing the love, right? May the Lord make you increase and abound in love. That's what he means when he says you are God taught. So this letter is not in any way an infringement upon God's privilege to teach. This letter, in fact, is an open acknowledgement and a prayer for more and more of the Lord to make you increase and abound in love. So God is already at work, and he will go on working to cause brotherly love to abound more and more. And this letter, while not being absolutely needed to bring this about because it's already being brought about, it is useful for more and more to happen. And I think that's just the way it is in life. That's, that's what we should say. When we see evidences of God's work in people's lives, we should say, God's at work in your life. God has taught you this. God is on the move in your life. He's taking the word and making it fruitful in your life. And now I just want to encourage you more and more. And if you share some other good promises of the word of God, then God may make your word a means of this more and more. So prayer and communication are not contradicting the sovereign work of God in their lives. It's honoring this work, and it's being used for the more and more.